Welcome to the Career Zone podcast, where each episode we spend some time focusing on something that's on students' minds right now. I'm your host, Rachel, employability and careers consultant with the University of Exeter. You can catch up on all of our episodes by doing all of those subscribing and following things. We're on Spotify and iTunes. Hi, everybody. It takes time and resources to invest in a career path. And so it begs the question as to why people change careers. How indeed does one conduct a career change? Well, maybe you might have reached the limits of your current role and are unable to progress. Or perhaps you might want to challenge yourself by applying your skills in a completely different setting. Or maybe simply your interests have changed. There are clearly a variety of compelling reasons why you might wish to make a career change. My name is Sonny Lally, an employability and careers consultant at the University of Exeter. In this episode, we will focus on planned career changes, situations where we voluntarily pursue a career change. We'll explore the rationale behind career changes and evaluate the process of managing a planned career change. In this episode, I'm joined again by Joy and Shuin, University of Exeter Law graduates. Joy, who pivoted from investment banking to become an entrepreneur working on themes of female empowerment, and Sharon, who moved from legal services, policy research, to communications. We'll examine in this episode the definition of a career change, evaluate a cycle of, of change, and discuss the act of grieving and letting go of an old career. And we'll also examine some of the factors that underpin and inform career changes. And now, on to our conversation with Joy and Sharon. First, we'll begin by examining what we mean and define as a career change. What is a career change? Joy, what's your sense of what, how you would define a career change? Yeah, no, um, when I think of career change, it's like having a specific job um, that you've been doing for however long and you have built up a skill set in that job and feel comfortable in it and then going to do something completely different, completely different that leverages your old skill set, but in a whole new way. Um, I think that's that's yeah, that's how I define career change, doing something completely different to what you're originally doing, but still leveraging your core skill set. Yeah, if I hear you correctly, it's very much about that watershed that there's a contrast between the past and now. So in contrast, if, for example, we would think of, say, somebody who works as uh, as a journalist, but then decides to then lecture journalism, would that be defined as a career change? Possibly not, more of an evolution and development, whereas to go, say, from an occupation working, I don't know, as a insurance broker and then affecting a career change uh, to then become a carpenter. There's a clearly a contrast between the skill sets and uh, the domains and sectors and, and industries in those two instances. 
it feels very much that there is a weight to a career change. And I wonder, Shirin, I'd love to hear more about how you reconciled with that weight and what you did to push back against the pressure and weight of that career change. Yeah, well, I think I really felt that at the start um, because I had spent three years studying law and I'd you know, invested time in getting legal work experience and done all the research into my next steps and um, had started working at a legal organisation. Um, and I think the way that I approached it or the way that I felt about it was really that um, I wanted to explore as wide a range of my interests as possible before kind of deciding that law was really for me. So I saw it almost as a period where I just let myself um, try new things. I didn't really think of it as necessarily that permanent um, because I, I kind of felt like, well, I can go back to law if, you know, for whatever reason this doesn't work out or I decide it's not for me. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's difficult to you know, completely just decide, right, I'm going down this other path and that's it. Um, But what I would say is that I really, you know, felt that having that background in law would be an asset to whatever I did next. And I think that, you know, any career change, that's a really important thing to focus on is that your, your previous experience, even if it is completely different from what you're changing to, will have given you some skills um, you know, an experience that will be really transferable and really useful to whatever you're doing next. Yeah, so it's very much about having that consolidated foundation, which gives, you know, which gave you and, and give many others that strong uh, launchpad platform to, to, uh, to jump into a completely different uh, career. And if you think about that, change it's it sounds very much as if you were able to maintain a flexible um, growth mindset a and very much were able to harness positive emotions that you're able to look at the change through the lens of well, experimenting with ideas and knowing for that you know if it didn't quite work out you had a safety net you had a backup option to to move back to Yeah, I guess so. And I think that's easier to do when you're first starting out as well. I mean, it's it's kind of a time when, you know, you're finding your feet and figuring out what you want to do in the first place. So um, it's a good time to be thinking about your options um, and even, you know, exploring something that is not necessarily what you've studied or trained in. Um, but I think having that kind of mindset throughout your career is also really beneficial even if you're making a career change later on because you know it's very it's like I say it's quite a um flexible option when you have that like mindset of growth and experience and transferable skills and I think like that's something that I still take forward with me now I mean compared to what I was doing when I started out at Bar Council to now working on campaigns for the mayor of London, it's very different, but that, you know, doesn't mean that um, it hasn't been, you know, a really interesting and useful and worthwhile transition for me and that there isn't necessarily, you know, further avenues that I could take 
from from here that I wouldn't necessarily think now um, that I would be suited for. So um, I think being open minded throughout your career is really important. Hmm. Yeah, and it's very much about maintaining that agility to then harness opportunities that might come your way. And I think certainly having that positive mindset is in any career change is it's fundamental. So if you think about the time frame for affecting a career change, there is some argument, some evidence to suggest, if I think of Mertig Matarg in the career development quarterly volume 59, there was a study conducted which seemed to suggest it takes about two years to affect a career change from the very conception, the, the decision of you know, wanting to make a career change to the outcome of then implementing and making that career change happen. So if you think about that process of two years, that will likely possibly include a number of stages of of change, going from a, pro- a stage of pre-contemplation, knowing that, okay, this is not quite whatever job or occupation I'm, I'm in, not quite working out, but I'm not quite ready for change. Moving over to stage of contemplation, knowing that there are then compelling reasons for change and then starting to think about the change process, moving to then preparation, where you're then experimenting with ideas and active exploration of ideas to then action, translating those ideas into plans. And then that final stage, which I think many of us often tend to overlook, that stage of maintenance, consolidating and stabilizing that change in effect instilling some degree of certainty to then embed and inject a degree of permanence to that change and that's quite tricky i mean dealing with you know elements of uncertainty in in making a career change and joy i wonder what your thoughts are on how if you think about to your own journey how you contended with and reconciled with some of those elements of uncertainty going from a salaried uh, occupation with you know, guaranteed income every single month to a situation where you're self-employed, you're registering with Company House and you know, moving to a completely different mode of, of working. So we'd love to hear more about you know, your thoughts on how you handled that uncertainty. Yeah, no, um, great question. I think it's so interesting when you think about now, like now and I think today, it feels like, oh, I always knew what I was going to do, right? And I made the decision and I just quit my job to go on the entrepreneur route. But as you laid out, it's like a a long process. And if I'm honest with myself, like I saw a friend um, who I grew up with and I said, oh, I'm finally doing this business. Um, And she was like, you you were never investment banking. So really, it's been like a 10 year process (laughs) of getting to the entrepreneurial Mm. route. Um, But there's so many things along the way in terms of stability, trying to be more successful in the career that you've chosen, even though you're not sure it's it's where you want to be that it does take it does take time to get there and i'd say you know when i really truly considered leaving my my banking career was probably in the pandemic where a lot of people started reconsidering if they were doing things that made them happy etc um and if this is what they wanted to do for for their for themselves 
Um, and I think that was the impetus for me, like starting to do something more creative. I started an Instagram page that was focused on like empowering women and how they dress for work. And that was definitely the impetus. Um, but it still took two years. And then maybe a few months before I was going to quit my job, I started speaking to other people who had left investment banking and started um, an entrepreneur journey. So I thought to myself, speak to as many people, hear what they did, um, understand what their pitfalls were, what do they read, what do they listen to, what do they watch, and really starting to build like a database of information so that when the time came for me to quit, um, I would at least have a clear plan of like what to do the first month um, and feel a little bit comfortable around that. But it really was a long process, if I'm honest, like a long time in the career where I wasn't necessarily happy and it didn't feel aligned with who I am. And then an additional two years when I'd made the decision that like this is definitely not for me, but feeling confused as to what my options were, I think, is what keeps people um, in the space of not necessarily knowing when to make the career change. But once it happened, so I made the decision March 2021, I gave in my notice. Um, no, sorry, 2022. And then I had a three month working period, working notice and had more time there to think about my next steps and what I needed to align on before leaving investment banking. Hmm. So, 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 so very much it was very much a series of steps that you took to gradually build certainty uh, to underpin your, your career change. And, and what I'm hearing is that is having those conversations enabled you to build, a, as you say, a database of, of ideas and connections, that reconnaissance, uh, gathering intelligence to help uh, support your career change. I'm really struck by how you mentioned that you had a bit of time after giving notice and completing your, your previous role, a bit of time out before formally commencing your your pivot. How did you find that window of time between the then, the past, and, and now? And how did you maximize and utilize that time? Yeah, no, um, I still had to work, um, unfortunately. Um, I still had to work, but at oh. the meantime, I was having these conversations with people um, where I was speaking to past um, people who are investment banking and now in entrepreneurship and then also doing the reading people had suggested um, and having interviews with potential customers when I was looking at one business idea. So using that time to really just get myself in the mindset of entrepreneurship. I have to say, though, even with all the work that I did, nothing nothing prepares you for that change because it's such a different experience going from a structured environment to just then having a blank canvas in front of you and no necessarily direction on which way to go. Um, I think a lot of the time what stops us from making career changes is because we fear we don't know what we're going to do. But at the end of the day, like you, you can't figure out until you take that first leap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's very much you have to kind of make that that leap, take the plunge. But there's ways to to offset some of that risk through having the conversation, doing the research, fully investigating potentially what you're leaping into, what you're jumping into to ensure that it's um, there's a relative amount of, of degree of, of safety. And yeah, yeah uh, I, I think that is one of the big challenges in terms of making a career change that 
that aversion to risk, the worry of, you know, what if it doesn't work out? And, and Sharon, you quite rightly you pointed out that, you know, typically when you're looking at a career change, you know, you have consolidated a certain degree, a set of skills and technical knowledge that might then actually give you that insurance policy. So thinking about career changes, I'd love for us to explore some of the reasons why people make career changes. You know, if you think about the investment of time and, and efforts and often you know, funds into a, a specific pathway, you know, why do people then switch from a particular occupation to something completely different? You know, what are the reasons that might affect an individual? And are there wider uh, factors that might pertain to communities and cultures or um, factors that apply to particular workplaces that affect um, uh, and compel a career change? So, Sean, I'd love to hear more about your own personal reasons on making a your own career change what were the drivers behind that career change yeah i guess it's quite a layered thing because um it's funny you mentioned like culture and things like that because i guess i was always kind of growing up taught to seek kind of a secure profession and that's something that i guess really um influenced me when i was growing up thinking about what i might want to study at uni and where I could go after that and I guess that having that security you know in a certain kind of profession is definitely a consideration or was for me um in studying law um I also you know I did find law quite interesting but I think the thing that I felt at the end of uni was just that I wanted to be doing something that I was really passionate about and that I wouldn't get bored of and I think um generally I'm quite a curious person and I kind of wanted something that was going to be you know really varied and really um I guess creative um and I just wasn't sure that I was finding that in law um so yeah I mean the the other part of it is that I didn't know where I necessarily would find that so for me it was definitely about exploration and thinking about okay what is it about law that I enjoy, what are things that I naturally, you know, gravitate towards in terms of, um, you know, I knew that I really enjoyed kind of the writing and persuasive part of law. And that is, turns out, actually a really big um, part of communication and especially um, campaigns and political communication is kind of making a persuasive, putting across a persuasive message. So, um yeah it kind of it kind of came about through thinking um about what i what i enjoyed and found interesting about law but um what other strengths i could work to i suppose um and i think having had the opportunity you know still being in the legal world but having exposure to communications and policy professionals i was able to kind of have one foot in each world for a period and that really helped me to almost have a taster period, I guess, of um, where I could try out comms and just have a bit of a, without, you know, making the full leap straight away without knowing anything at all. Um, and, you know, having had a bit of a taster of it, I realised actually 
I just really naturally enjoyed it. And that to me was um, just quite an important indicator because I think often, you know, the, the wanting security and, um, you know, many other reasons can cause us to think about our careers with quite a logical, uh, rational, non-emotional view. But for me, I really, um, I really wanted a career that I felt, you know, in my gut, I really want to be doing this and that I felt strongly about. So I suppose it was quite a, quite an instinctual thing for me as well um, in making that change. Yeah, I mean, it sounds very much there that you took the time for that inner inquiry. In that contemplative stage of change, reflecting on what your interests were and your your values were. I think this is an important point to emphasize here that our interests and values may well change over time, very likely for many of us. And when that happens, that is a compelling driver for for changing what we're doing, our vocations, what we're choosing to invest our time and efforts in. In our discussion, we've reviewed how career changes can feel quite daunting, that it's quite easy to for any of us to put up barriers that might mitigate against embarking upon a career change. How do we deal with that uncertainty of the career change? How do we know there's a guaranteed outcome from affecting a career change? But I think if we if we think if we reflect about our conversation one of the key strategies is to diversify interests, to always have that flexibility right at the outset, to ensure that a wide array of skills and interests are maintained to give and afford that agility. So that might take the form of having a primary occupation, but then having a side hustle in something completely different. So that might be through voluntary work or it might be through networking where a contrasting or different skill set is developed without jeopardizing that primary investment in one's main occupation. And that's quite challenging to reconcile you know, having one foot in one camp and another foot in another camp. And that is a challenge. And Joy, I wonder what, you know, how you, you know, what your recommendations would be for, for people who have who are in a situation where they're reconciling a primary vocation with a side hustle and what those challenges might well be and how to overcome those challenges? Um, yeah, so I think from, from my perspective, so I, I, I studied law at Exeter and then went into investment banking. And one thing I realized that I was really passionate about was gender and race equality. So within the first month of me, joining Morgan Stanley, I joined the steering committee of the Black Network. And when I look at my career and look at like what I'm working on now, um, that was always my outlet for creativity as well as driving change in something I was very passionate about. So my day to day was very um, legal and advisory and corporate, but I was able to finesse the skill set of like organizing events trying to come up with ways of how we hire more graduates and in partnership with universities, um, public speaking as well in, in the events and speaking to young people. 
and building communities around that. And I also did that um, with our gender um, initiatives at Morgan Stanley. And it's so funny now when I look at what I'm building with my co-founder, which was focused on female empowerment, all those things that I did in my career out of just passion and wanting to be part of something that was really interesting, exciting and affecting change allowed me to develop a very different skill set to what my day job was and is what I'm using to leverage now when building my career and also my credibility of being in those spaces of championing change and diversity. Um, But what's funny is when I was doing that stuff in my career, I did get comments from previous managers at times of like, you know, you're doing so much on the diversity stuff. Why don't you do that as your full-time job? Because you seem to be enjoying that more. And that wasn't in a positive connotation. It was in a negative connotation and trying to manage that, you know, um, wanting to do something outside of your job that brings, you know, joy and um, a different perspective and also still trying to manage your career was quite challenging at times. But um, I always look back and say, like, that's definitely what kept me in banking the longest because I got to at least um, use the part of my skill set and my drive in something that I felt passionate about. Yeah, yeah, it is very much a challenge there that where workplaces often compel specialization, you know, the idea that you focus on, on a particular set of responsibilities and then by just merely sticking to those those responsibilities then your your experience your expertise then develops and deepens and here you know hearing your stories it was very much about trying to curate that wide set of experiences within the within the umbrella of investment banking and that you know sounded quite challenging so creating and accessing and making those opportunities to give you that wider array of of interests how did you overcome some of those those negative voices that you referred to what did you do to potentially push back on on some of those critiques yeah i think the only thing you can do to be honest is making sure that someone does can't say anything about the work that you're doing So when you take on additional responsibilities or get involved in networks or anything outside of your job that's towards what you want to do, there's always making sure like what you're hired for is not um, going, I was going to say going down the drain, but making sure you're doing the work that you're, you're hired for, right? So and making sure no one can say anything. So I consistently was doing that, like doing my role, doing going above and beyond um so just making sure people don't have anything to say about that and if they still have an issue that's more on them and what's so funny is the firm the Morgan Stanley is obviously very focused on diversity inclusion so it's good to have team members doing that stuff but um I think it just depends sometimes you can have interesting characters in your career um who just aren't happy with some of the things you're doing um so just making sure like no one can say anything about the work you're providing and still having the capacity to do something different yeah so it's very much about being impeachable in the sense of maintaining uh, performance um, to then give to lend space to do something to follow other other possibilities um, to widen interest that extend beyond one's primary uh, occupation Exactly, exactly. 
In embarking on a career change, there invariably will be fear. You know, we like certainty, and certainty can afford security. But in making the, that change, how do we confront our fears? What sources of strength can we harness to help us to tame those points of fear and give us strength and fuel and energy to make those changes? Let's see what we can come up with in terms of those sources of strength to overcome our fears. Shun, thinking about your story and your journey, what helped you to, what strategies and tactics did you help to overcome any fears in making that that change? Yeah, so I think the key thing for me would be support networks. I think that's such an important part of making a transition like this is, um, you know, thinking about not only your personal support network and the and the ways you might be able to lean on them, you know, when especially when you're going through an uncertain time, but um, developing a professional support network and reaching out to people who already work in the career that you're looking to change to um, and just, you know, having their advice and their guidance on making the change, I think, really makes a difference or made a difference to me in how comfortable I felt, um, you know, about the unknown because I, I kind of was able to ask some questions and get a sense of what I was going into, um, you know, rather than just jumping in blind, which I think is very hard to do. And I think the more that you can explore, um, you know, through that network um, and through any kind of experience they can share with you, the um, career that awaits you, I think the easier it is to sort of overcome that fear of making the first, taking the first step and, um, and trying trying something new so I would definitely say yeah support networks are really important um and again just going back to I suppose my mindset I mentioned at the start about you know thinking about things as less permanent necessarily than they might seem so you know if there's a fear of you know potentially what if I make this huge change and then I realize it was the wrong decision and I I absolutely hate it you know I think just thinking about the fact that like you were doing something else before so you can be doing something else after this and nothing is really as permanent as it might seem when you first make that change um that really kind of helped me as well in making the change so if I hear you correctly the the key very much is having a parachute in readiness and that requires consolidation um you know, experience of the, that consolidates an initial career to then give you some a, a fallback option, and it's also having those conversations, those networking conversations that generate insights into what you might be possibly changing into that offsets some of that risk, injects a bit of light into a situation that might feel quite murky and opaque, but you. Know, by having those conversations, which will then invariably conjure up resources and assets that you can then deploy, that helps offset some of that risk. And Joy, same question to you. I mean, in terms of thinking of your journey and how do you reconcile those points of uncertainty? What strengths and strategies did you draw upon to help you 
overcome those fears. Yeah, no, I totally echo what Sharon said. I think everything you said was so great, especially the last point. Um, I think so many times and all of us live in this state of feeling like, yeah, you can't change. And this idea of if you go try something different, like you will be able to go back to what you were doing before if it didn't work out. I think that's so important. And so few of us realize that and think by like quitting or doing something different, you can't go back to what you were doing. Um, One of the biggest things for me was some advice I was given. Firstly, it was when I like, you know, you can't let your fear of doing something new or putting yourself out there stop you when you could help one person like that help of helping one person is so much bigger than your fear. Um, And that again goes to like caring what people think. So one thing I've challenged myself in the past two years is really like, am I making this decision because I care about what other people think or I'm making it for myself. So really just unpacking the reason why we stay like in one place, if it's um, around that, and then this idea and still tying to what Sean said was, you know, if you have this feeling in your heart that you want to do something different and you've had it for years or weeks or months, like that feeling's never going to go away. So you might be like, oh, I'll wait till next year or five years or 10 years. You'll still be in the exact same space. So I always say it's better to like try out now, see if it works out. And then at least you've you've made that decision to try rather than feeling the same way five, 10 years later, and then starting a lot later in your life and career. Um, I think that's really helped me. And then, yes, yeah, support network is everything. People who believe in you, who champion you and remind you like all the things that you've done before, like your career that you've been successful in, like you can, you had to start from the beginning. So it's just getting comfortable with like having to start from the beginning again in something different, but knowing like you were successful in one space, you can be successful in another space. And if you aren't, you can always go and do something completely different. So I think you have to have an expansive mindset and like unafraid to try something different and know that you don't have all the answers really. Yeah, I, I love that, that, that description of being you know, expansive, being open to opportunities and knowing that there's always the possibility of going back to an insurance option if required, but it's really a story about feeling the fear and and doing it, being authentic and listening to one's inner voice and letting that voice roar with all the support mechanisms that are available through networking, inner inquiry exercises such as interests and strength inventories, all powerful resources that can help us to harness that change and to confidently move into a new career. So wrapping up, I'd love to hear your top tips for making a career change. Why do a career change? Shirin, what's your top tip and recommendation for making a career change? Well, it's hard to pick just one, but I think I would definitely say just talking to people is so valuable. Um, It's really like reaching out, asking people just for like a few minutes, even if, you know, you don't have a link to them already or there's no one that can introduce you, just reaching out to someone that's, you know, made an interesting career change or that's working in an industry that you'd like to get into um, and just seeing if they'll, they'll share their, their experience and insights with you because more often than not, they will. Um, and that can make the difference between, um, you know, going into something 
completely blind and going in with a good idea of how you can best make it work for you. Hmm. Yeah, so key is keep talking. Uh, and Joy, what's your top tip and recommendation? Um, I would say very similar, like um, depending on the industry you're looking to join, like starting small, like whether that's attending an event, going to a networking event in that industry, doing a new course, um, meetups with people who are in that industry. I think like dipping your toe first to see what it's like and speaking to people already in the space you want to go into and then educating yourself around it. So for me, it was speaking to other people who had gone from corporate to entrepreneurship and asking them what type of programs, what type of network should I be in? And just like immersing myself in that space before I made the decision or before I left. So I'd have a good understanding um, and start to at least meet people from that space. And yeah, be better connected. Mm. Yeah. So very much carving out that space for experimentation, for exploring ideas without compromising the homestead, so to speak, compromising the mainstay, the initial occupation that you're already in. And yeah, so I think, you know, certainly today we've covered a number of themes here, exploring factors that might perpetuate a career change, factors that affect the individual, uh, some of the collective societal drivers that might drive a career change. But for, but importantly today, we've looked at how career changes are possible, that there are strategies at play that we can deploy to help us affect a career change. Because the reality is our interests and our goals in life, our values, those are all change throughout our lives. And it's very unlikely that any of us will be stuck in one particular occupation or industry or sector for, you know, the uh, the end until the end of time the reality is that we'll all go through a number of changes and incarnations in our vocational lives so there we are i hope you really enjoyed this podcast conversation as i did filled with philosophical and practical thoughts on how to make planned career changes now you might find it interesting to compare the themes of this episode with our January the 30th, 2023 episode entitled Navigating Career Change. In that episode, we unpick the process of an enforced, unplanned career change. Now you'll see there's some common overlap between planned career changes and unplanned career changes, but noticeably some significant differences in the process of managing those cycles of change. Further resources on managing career change can be found on My Career Zone Digital. Links to a variety of articles can be found in the episode show notes. So thank you for joining us today in exploring how graduates have changed their careers and how they went about it. This was the Career Zone podcast brought to you by the University of Exeter Career Zone. Check out iTunes and Spotify to keep up with all of our regular releases. And if you'd like us to cover something else in another episode, just send us a message, hashtag CareerZonePodcast at UOE Careers on Twitter or at UOE Career Zone or at UOE Cornwall Career Zone on Instagram. And we'll follow up in one of the next episodes.